Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Thursday night, Phoenix. You're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? Oh, it's going peachy. It's another week. Another, another episode. I know. It's uh, Friday Eve. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Everyone looking forward to another episode of What the Fuck Friday on Monday? I know I'm not. Friday's my second favorite F word. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What's your first? Fuck. <laughs> oh, I thought it was friends. <laughs> it's like fourth. for friends who do stuff together. It's fourth. <sighs> so let's talk about uh, what returned this week, shall we? Fear of the Walking didn't really quite suck. Fear of the Walking Dead, yeah. Dude, season three so far, the first two episodes been really were really intriguing. Like... They kind of got my interest again. Yeah, it was better than I expected it to be. <clears throat> it was enough that... Because I was like, eh, I was almost going to even pass on this season. I really was. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll give it a chance. It's on. I'll get my... It'll be like my... You know, it won't be quite like Walking Dead heroin. It'll be like Fear the Walking Dead methadone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quite the same. And it kind of might get me through with a little bit of an itch. Yeah. It... it- curves your your cravings for the a little bit and barely but no it's actually pretty good i like that they killed a uh main character yeah right out of fucking second episode great it was a two-hour season premiere two episodes back to back and yet they killed travis the dad literally in the second episode and i like that fucking spoiler alert yeah spoiler alert (laughs) after i just fucking said it nobody Uh, watched that show uh i really like that what's her name is Addison is, is becoming the Rick Grimes, the Fear of the Walking Dead. She's she has figured out, you know what? We are in a place now where we just if we want something, we just need to take it. Yep. And that's what she has realized. And, and she's kind of did what Rick did with Alexandria. She found somewhere that she can picture herself being. She doesn't care for who's in charge of it. She knows what she needs to do is take it over. And she that and that's what she's going to do. Lay low and buy her time, yeah. Until she could take it over, and that's kind of what Rick did. He went in, he realized this is where I want to be, and I'm I'm going to take it by one mean or another, and that's what he did. Well, I want to know who the Re- the Negan esque character is going to be this season. I hope it's not the one eyed dude. I don't think it's going to be. And I, I hope it's not the old guy either. The dude from Sons of Anarchy. Is that who? Is he? That's where he's from. He was the sheriff in the Sons of Anarchy. Mm. That was, you know, uh, in the pocket of the uh, Sam Crow. Mm. I've never like watched he did, that show. He was in their pocket, but he let. He knew that they kept. They kind of, you know, he they usually kept their bullshit outside, of, of town, so he kind of let them do their thing, but. <laughs> you know what show I passed on? What Sons of Anarchy? Did you? Yeah, I did it first. In the beginning, and I'll tell you why. I think I've probably told this story before, but at a place that I worked, there was a bunch of guys there that that they created their own like motorcycle club, mm-hmm. and they bought like a clubhouse and they fixed it up, and they all went there to watch Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> and I didn't care for any of the dudes that were in it, and so I was like, "Fuck that show! I'm not going to watch it. If they have to go to a fucking secret place to watch that show, fuck that show." And then I was standing in line at uh, for Todd McFarlane uh, a few years ago when uh, at his store, 
when I stood in line with Gabe and Green. At, Mc, at McFarland Toys? Yeah. The one, the Westgate store when it was there? Yeah. And the dude behind me, we were talking about something. He's like, do you watch Sons of Anarchy? I was like, fuck that show. He's like, give it a chance. So it was on, they had like the first like four seasons on Netflix. I watched. The fucking show's badass. Nah, like, I don't know. I watched like the first season and I never got into it. And then my dad was watching it on Netflix and I was talking about it and he was like, it's not a very good show. He's like, I don't really care for it. And me and my dad have a lot of similar tastes in shows. So it's just. I hated how it ended. It's just not a show for, for me. I'm Jax. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run into a truck. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. That was I have like zero context about what you're talking that's about. That's just what happened at the end of the, <coughs> the season, for the, the final Isn't episode. Isn't that usually what happens with all good shows? Well, most good shows is they end fucking shittily. Yes. Like Dexter, he just got on a boat and fucking sailed away. And then Breaking Bad, I think Breaking Bad ended pretty well. I didn't like how it ended either. You don't like how Breaking Bad ended? Yeah. A regular show ended fucking phenomenally. <laughs> if you watch regular show. But you remember the end of Breaking Bad? Like, you know, he got to the point where he, was, he put that fucking machine gun in the truck. Dude, that was dope as fuck on it the was fucking cool, garage but it was door like, opener. There was just too much. It was like, it was too much by then. Oh, was, come on, man. He's Walter White. I know. He's got to go out like a fucking G. One show I still haven't watched is fucking The Lawyer Show. Better Call Saul? Yes. I love Better Call Saul. I still haven't watched In a lot of ways, it's a lot better than Breaking Bad. I, I love, I really like Better Call Saul and the fact that, like, when they shoot it, it's, like, all this, everything is, like, oversaturated. Yeah. So, like, the sky is, like, super blue and, like, the fucking grass is, like, super green and, like, they pay really close detail to, like, the angles they get sh- for shots and, like, things that they do for shots and, and stuff like that. And I really, really enjoy that. And the acting is fucking spot on on it, too. Maybe I'll try it again. It's only three seasons. The third season is about to come is to an end. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first two seasons are? I believe so, yes. Maybe I'll try it. It's good. It's a good show. The other thing that, like, what really pisses me off lately, I don't know if you've noticed it in, like, TV shows, is how product placement. Like, <clears throat> if you ever watched Riverdale, in Riverdale, um, a makeup company was a sponsor so like when they were using the eyeliner it was facing out well it was facing out and they do like a super zoom in of it of like the product and then zoom out and like this season of better call Saul Rayovac did an episode and like the the shot's blurry and you see like one of the guys take batteries out and they fall on the table and the battery rolls into the camera and as it rolls to the camera it gets clearer 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 and it stops and you see Rayovac so it's just like that product placement is, and I've seen it in a lot of shows like that over stylized product placement is, is really but fucking. Annoying. I would rather have that than commercials. Yeah, that that's would, a good point. I would, I would rather have. I never like, thought about it like that. I'd rather have like fifty four minutes or fifty. We'll say fifty minutes of a sh- of a continuous show, like what you see on HBO and mm-hmm. Cinemax and stuff, with them fucking like holding up a fucking as they're drinking a fucking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Well, it'd be like me and this Pepsi when I crack it open, and I go to take a drink. And the camera zooms in right on the Pepsi Lily. Love it. I, I would. I would rather have that. What are you gonna do? I am gonna cook my Tyson TV dinner. <laughs> <laughs> my, my hungry man smothered <laughs> turkey but, TV dinner. I'm gonna go get some Coors Light. You know yeah. what I mean? I would rather have that in the like the, very um, Wayne's Worldish. Yes. 
without being so absolutely <laughs> yeah ridiculous. Know. Yeah, but yeah, I'd rather have that than than a fucking commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd, I'd, it's the drink of a generation. I'm gonna get in my Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And and go to Fry's. I'd rather. I think. Kyle, I'd rather, what's your favorite car company? I like Volkswagen. You turn around, you get a Volkswagen shirt and your Volkswagen hat and <laughs> Volkswagen everything. <laughs> right. Hey, I. You pay me money and I'd fucking I'll fucking wear it. <laughs> you hear that, everybody out there, sponsors? <clears throat> yeah. So you're gonna have stupid sponsors sending you shit to <laughs> to wear. That'd be awesome. Be so fucking. <laughs> you're gonna get <laughs> thirty dollars to wear cockgobblers.com across your head. <laughs> There's a bump burster that says cockgobblers.com. Cockgobblers visor. Yep. <laughs> I have to do at least one selfie and put it on Twitter. <laughs> we have to start doing live show, like live video recorded shows on YouTube, <laughs> so Kyle can start his career as the human fucking the human sponsor. sponsor. I'm down. Human billboard. Cockgobblers dot com. Uh, I'm down. Send me your shirts. I'll wear them. <laughs> Dadbods dot com. Yep. Brought to you by Pizza Hut. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, Fear the Walking Dead. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to definitely you know, check out the next couple episodes. You know what episodes. I kind of liked about this Fear of the Walking Dead? It's like, Walking Dead, they do a lot of walking, they do a lot of driving, you know, like they, they have the brand new Hyundai that they mm-hmm. drive away and shit. But, you know, like Fear of the Walking Dead, this motherfucker's got in a helicopter and fucking flew. Yeah. Like, that that kind of shit, like, you could tell they, like, that they are fucking, they have this, like, I don't know if they have a bigger budget or they have, uh... Well, I think it's more resources or or I think it said it's because it's so close to the beginning of the apocalypse that a lot of these resources are still readily available. Yeah, but at the beginning of it, you didn't see fucking Rick Grimes flying a helicopter. Right. You just saw the the shit flying over the city as he was driving into it. But Mm -hmm. But I'm saying they didn't do that kind of stuff. So I think it's cool that they're doing like flying in helicopters and there's more. I don't know. Maybe it is. They're just doing it because it's earlier in. But. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, did. I, I thought that was fucking cool that it was a helicopter. I did enjoy seeing Travis get shot in the throat. It was fucking awesome. Because I thought so he was... So was he bit? That was the thing. He was bit also. Oh, I see. I didn't notice he was bit. And I thought that's why he was so eager to, to fall out because, like, he, it looked like he was just <clears throat> grazed. Like, it didn't, it didn't, like, blow his neck out. It went through one side and out the other because he was holding it. And then he removed his hands and he was... Bleeding good. So that's what it was. Okay, because I was... And then it kind of panned down. It looked like he was bit Because anyway. I was editing the D&D episode when I was watching it. and Because I watched it on Tuesday on my DVR. And I I must I was wondering why they looked down and what he was holding. Because it looked like he was holding something. Uh-huh. So it must have been that he was bit when he was fighting all those walkers in that pit. That's that, I mean, that's just what I thought. I could be way off and wrong. but uh, I don't know. We don't want to get another Jose-esque review. Get right. <clears throat> He wasn't bit. Did you even watch the show? <laughs> One star. Shut it off after that. One star. That's funny. But I, I mean, it was actually good. Like it's like I, I think the characters in it are finally starting to kind of come around. Well, like Travis is a character that bothered me from the beginning. Because he's one of these characters that he he came off as like this tough guy badass almost from the start. Like ever since he had to like kill his wife at the end of season one. After that, it was, I'll do anything. And you you know, season two he just lets his kid go and his kid fucking dies in a car crash <clears throat> and breaks his leg and they fucking shoot him. 
Jesus. And then like this season, he's just going like ape shit. And oh, okay, he didn't get bit. So one hit him in the head, neck. Uh huh. And one hit him in the midsection. Oh, okay. So that was the pan down. Oh, okay. All right. So. But um, I just I felt like he was. It was time for him to die, and I feel like it's gonna. The rest of the cast is going to. Um, benefit tremendously from that character being gone, especially Addison. Because yeah, Madison. Addi- Madison. Yeah, Madison had her her very like you said Rick Grimes esque moment where she kind of realized that loss is going to happen, and now, like she says, you know, we're going to bide our time, and if they, you know, if they have what we want, we're just going to take it. Yep. You know. I like that, that she thought she was slick with the gun. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking walks up. He's like, you know, hey, can you write your name that you got the yeah. gun? Yeah. <laughs> can you uh, put your name in the book that you got this gun? Like, it, and it seems like what they're doing is they're doing a hold your enemies c- close and hold your enemies. Keep your friends, friends close, close and your enemies, enemies closer. closer. It seems like that's what they're doing with Madison. Yeah. They're ha- they're holding her, like, extra close because, like, you know, they you could tell that they don't even trust her a fucking <coughs> a little bit. Well, which I mean, <clears throat> they have the right. He should suck a fuck a fucking spoon in his, in his kid's eye. Yeah, and she got a one up on an entire compound. Put a fucking spoon in her kid's eye. That was fucking awesome. He's a cocksucker, anyways. Yeah, though. And they're just killing dudes to kill people. I wonder. if I was like, oh, I wonder if he's gonna come around. He becomes Negan. No, I was joking. No. <laughs> it would be kind of cool buffing. to see like he starts bending backwards. It'd be kind of cool to see like this show start. Overlapping a little bit with Walking Dead, like wait, it won't it, ever overlap though, because it's always well. I guess it can, but it would be showing the beginning of yeah Walking Dead is the end of Fear the or later in the Fear well, the Walking like, Dead. Fear the Walking Dead takes place in Mexico right now, in the West Coast, and then you know Walking Dead is over on the East Coast, and yeah, because they're in, in Georgia. The South. Yeah, yeah. Well, now they're technically in Virginia, but for them to overlap, it would be Georgia. Yeah. But, I mean, when I say overlap, I mean, like, what was his name? Was his name Carlos, the guy that was at the camp in season one that they separated from? Uh-huh. I think his name's Carlos. I'm not sure. Don't crucify me if his name's not fucking Carlos. Don't crucify me. I can't remember what his name is, though. But remember, he leaves uh-huh. with his family, his two kids and his wife. It'd be cool if, like, Addison and Nick and all them run into them at some point, And they tell them about Rick Grimes and the group that they were with and... That means they have to leave that group and then travel all the way back across the country. Well, who knows where they were going, though, when they left. You never know where they were going when they left. uh, I think it would be better if they kept them separate. People speculate, too, that that he's going to show up with Negan's group at some point. I think they should keep them separate. I mean, they're in Mexico. They're all the way up there. You know what I mean? On the coast. They're a whole... They're in two different countries, a country apart. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just keep it like that. Let me see what their name is. We don't need it to overlap. Because I, I don't want people crucifying I'd stop watching. I'd anyway. stop watching both of them. If they overlapped? Yep. Really? I'd sell off my whole Walking Dead collection for a dollar and a half, oh, for a dollar fifty. No, you wouldn't. Get right with it. I'm calling your bluff right there. <laughs> right Why there. Why are you so worried one? about people crucifying you? I'm not. It's, it's just after that fucking Jose review. Like, I don't want to be. Oh my god, that was like a fucking year and a half ago. Hey, listen. It still happened. I don't want people to be like, I'm not listening to your show because you got this minute (laughs) fact wrong. You didn't get his name right. His name was fucking Juan Pablo, or the fuck it is. And you got it wrong. 
And now not listening to the show because you got it wrong. You're a piece of shit and I hate you. <laughs> oh, well, that uh, that cuts deep, sir. That cuts real deep. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I just came up with that whole fucking thing just, just sitting here off the top of my head. Man, you're utilizing that those talents that you have. I know. I, I definitely... Maybe I don't need talent, talent utilization 101, right? <laughs> nope. No. You know, I'm not going to sit here. Morales. There it is. That's Morales. pretty close to Carlos. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Morales. So, Morales either shows up with Negan's group or he meets Addison and, and Nick and all of them in Fear the Walking Dead. But all I know is the daughter in that show is hot. They're all British except for the mom. You think she's hot now? You didn't think she was hot in the beginning. She she looks good in season three. I think it's because she's dirty now. Maybe there's this there's just the same like just same thing with about Maggie. Dirty girls. Yeah, same thing with Fucking Maggie. Like, dirty girls. She looks good when she's cleaned up, but her with the greasy hair and like dirty in The Walking Dead, she's mm. like so much hotter. Dirty girls. And she was fucking blasting fucking zombies and shit during the Fear the Walking Dead. I think. Yeah. I love me some dirty girls. Dirty, dirty girls. Dirty, dirty girls. She's got like a flat face though, like a weird flat yeah. face. She's still a fucking filthy girl, though. You're a dirty, filthy girl. All right. So what would you give the first two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead? Gave it an eight. An eight? Are you going to continue watching? Yes, I am. I also gave it an eight. I gave it, I don't know, like a 7.5. I, I liked it, but I feel like there's still a little bit of growth room. Um, but it, it's intrigued me enough to keep watching at least a couple more episodes. I, what, I lo- what I really liked about it was first they flew a fucking helicopter. Fucking helicopters are awesome. <laughs> and... Uh, Second was... It but then they got shot down. That was cool, too. They're all like, we know this terrain like the back of our hand. Nobody's going to be out here. And <laughs> fucking, yeah. I, but I, what I liked about it is it, it's... You know what? I was really weird they were going to keep the whole... Not a lot of zombies, more people, but now they're fighting... Now it's starting to... It's starting to get a Walking Dead groove. Once, you know, once Madison was like... You know what? We're just gonna fucking take it. If we want this, we take it. Like it's starting to get that. It, it's taken three seasons. Yeah. But, but I think this is a season where it gets its Walking Dead groove, and I think it really is gonna take hold. And that's why I gave it an eight because it, I I saw what this show can become now. I really like that. The one thing that intrigues me about it is that even though it's a very similar show, and they're both about surviving the zombie apocalypse, they feel like two different shows. Just the way they're shot, the cast, like it, you can, you, it feels like two different shows. I think Rick Grimes is going to show up. I don't think so. Is it? What up, guys? <laughs> I'm in Mexico. Yeah. Get in the cantina, Coral. <laughs> you know they could, they could introduce Rick Grimes' brother, though, because remember we found out in that Walking Dead one-off last year that Rick Grimes has a brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. they just need to stay apart and just do their own thing. I would like to see Fear the Montana Dead. <clears throat> what? <laughs> it's not like the show is Fear the Mexican Dead or Fear the California Dead or Fear the <laughs> the Atlanta Dead. Well, I was trying to distinguish it, so you got my point. You want to know what I want? I wonder why nobody has started a zombie fighting betting ring yet. Right. I know... I know, like, Woodbury had zombie fights where people would fight zombies. But, like, I want to see people, like, actually, like, pick a zombie, capture a zombie, and, like, have a fight another zombie. Somehow fight another zombie. 
Like that's what I want to fucking see. So instead of cockfighting? Yeah. Cockfighting is not like, you know. So you bet like food over it. Yeah. And gas. Or cigarettes. Make prison rules. Make prison But, I mean, it wouldn't work because they don't fuck with the other dead, but I don't know. How would you, you know what you do is you put like, hey, you'd have to kill people and like. Yeah. Put like. Body parts on them. Yeah, or something, yeah. <laughs> but then at some point they would start stinking. Put like good blood on them. Instead of zombie blood to cover it up, you put good blood on them. Yeah. And then maybe they think that they're human and then they attack each other. I don't know. Maybe that's what we need to start fucking zombie fighting ring. I think you answered the question is that they don't attack themselves. Yeah, they won't attack <laughs> themselves. I think I just found the my yeah, the fall the flaw in my own, own problem. In it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, I, I just. I, I give it a seven five. I think it's got a little bit more growth. I don't like they're giving they're giving us the walking into this thing though. Now like that Strom dude is broken off, so he's still at the hotel. Uh-huh. So now like it's splitting to so but instead of doing one episode of focus on him, I like that it's doing like it's going back and forth well, in the episode. What we bitched about most of last season with the Walking Dead was what I said they should do the whole time is they should break it up and concentrate on a couple yeah. different things going on, but go back and forth so that we're getting both stories. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Do not concentrate because that's where Walking Dead's last season really fucked us and fucked themselves was because that's what they did. They caught like one episode was about a person. They had a very cool moment though. There were uh, opportunity. I think when, uh, when, um, the dude, the dad is getting into the fucking Travis is getting the helicopter. He's got the shotgun. He got to turn around and be like, get to the chopper. And then fucking Get that was to my, the chopper That's my shitty helicopter sound You said he should be like <laughs> Get to the chopper Alright Get out of here <laughs> That's enough about Fear the Walking Dead get Let's down. get into some news Because we got a lot of news this week And we got a lot of comic books We got to review tonight I know it's a big show It's been a big week um, So I think one of the biggest things I got to bring up Is if you're a Silicon Valley fan TJ Miller is leaving the show Ehrlich Bachman will not be on the show after next after this season. You can kind of tell that they're they're pushing him away kind of though. Have you been watching it? I watched the last couple episodes where like they um where they're trying to get the patent from the dude mm-hmm. and you know they're fucking his house up. Yeah. And then they got the Richard they, Burns's couch. <laughs> and they did that big ass picture of him. Yeah. The biggest cock mind. picture in the world. <laughs> yeah. The biggest dick pic in the world. That's my favorite dude on that show. Oh, Gilfoyle? Yeah, yeah dude. I love Gilfoyle. It's so, because he's just like, well, that's the biggest cockpit you've ever <laughs> seen. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> like when they, uh, I liked when they fucking were, were testing out their their uh, their program and they, they put their phones into it. Yeah. And they fucking, they're like, wait, they had each other's shit in their yeah. phones. And that shit's funny. Did you see uh, where um, the dude from Hooli had the blood boy? And they are given a blood transfusion during the meeting. No, and, I and Gilfoyle's like, "This is the greatest company I've already worked for." Yeah, got I got, I got all the way up to fucking the kid that sees dead people in the meeting. Oh, you know what I mean? Where he's talking shit. And he's like, "I like this guy." Yeah, I want to sit next to him. Yeah, it's a good show. But it's, yeah, um, that show's fucking awesome. Yeah, you can kind of see that they're phasing him out because the big, like the big running joke of the last couple of episodes is that he's got nothing to do. Yes. So you can kind of see that they're transitioning him out, but I like he was going to fake a heart attack. Yeah, 
he said that T.J. Miller said the reason he's leaving the show is because he's got all these other projects going on and movies and other TV shows that he's doing that they kind of get, left the season at a good time for him to leave. Like it's a, it's a you know, like they wrote it perfectly for him to exit and not be a big issue. Yeah, I think going forward, the way they're going to do it is I think he'll still own the house, but like since he's trying to get on that new company, that they'll send him somewhere else. Yeah, so they'll still he'll still keep the house. He just won't be on the show. Like they'll still reference him, but he won't be. And eventually an he'll character. guest in and out. Maybe, hopefully, but I just don't think he's. Yeah, he won't be a solid player anymore. Solid player, and and that's uh, like I think he brings a lot to the show though. His his he's back and forth funny, with man. Jin Yang is is funny it's, too. But he's fucking. He's a funny dude, man. I like to. I would like to see him live. Like yeah, like do like a stand up show. I would like to see that. I think he's coming here, or he just came here. I, I can't remember. I know he was here, or he's coming here in the next couple months. But um, Batgirl and Justice League Dark may be on the next WB production schedule. Following the success of Wonder Woman, DC and Warner Brothers are apparently eyeing Batgirl and Justice League Dark as their next projects. Did you know a woman directed Wonder Woman? I did. I did not know that till last night. So I was playing trivia. Really? Yeah, and it was a trivia question. I was like, well, I didn't even know it was directed by a woman. Um, the studio has been planning on uh, slotting the two films as their next project set with the DC Extended Universe. Of course, with writer-director Joss Whedon attached to Batgirl, it isn't entirely surprising that the film is being fast-tracked. However, Justice League Dark is currently without a creative team, as its second director, Doug Lyman... Uh, departed the project in May, and Warner Brothers yet to announce a replacement. So, Jose, you will be getting your Justice League Dark movie. Just who the fuck knows when, because uh, WB can't seem to keep directors on their movies to fucking save their life. (laughs) (coughs) Flash. Fucking, it's it's getting crazy. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will lead to other stories, says James Gunn. Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2 director James Gunn discussed his future with the MCU and suggested that he has more stories to tell once Guardians of the Galaxy 3 wraps up. Asked whether he and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige talked about other um, comic Marvel projects, Gunn said, We talk about it all the time. It's always part of what I'm doing with Marvel and the conversation that Kevin and I have daily. When we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and the stories that this, um, he's in the stories, that's a story that will lead to other stories. It's intimate into the DNA, and that's the end of the trilogy, but it begins a whole other element of Marvel Comics Universe. That's part of what I'm doing now. You know what that sounded like to me? What's that? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, why? Because it sounded like he was being nice, but pussyfooting around, not really giving a straight answer. Yeah. I'm going to have stories that lead into stories, and we're going to do stuff that does other stuff. Yeah. All right, motherfucker. Well, I think that's a very... I th- I kind of agree with you. It's, it seems like he's dancing around because I'm not sure if Marvel really has what else, a plan set in place yet. What fucking else is he... What could he write? What the fuck else is he going to write? What, what fucking comic book? What Marvel comic book can he also write now? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen, man? I think he's... That's like footing. your opinion, man. I think he's giving like the political answer, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to answer you without answering you, but I'm going to give you an answer. You get a Champions where, movie. Where you go, yes. Yes. You get a Champions movie. We get a Suicide Squad movie. Why the fuck not get a Thunderbolts movie? 
They're giving, well, yeah, why not have a Thunderbolts movie? That's true. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to think what would be fit his writing, you know. <coughs> I don't know. Here's one for you. Your buddy, good old buddy Stan Lee wants to co-star in a Marvel movie. Easy, killer. Easy. He, uh, pretty much to sum it up at a uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con panel, he uh, explained that his favorite cameo was his two scenes appearing in Avengers Age of Ultron. And he says, well, I was in two scenes in that movie, so maybe the next cameo I can do three scenes, and then so on and so on, and eventually co-star in a Marvel movie. Dude, you're like 93-some <laughs> years old. So he does, he does, you know, he gets up to clip it after clip it, minute after minute, eventually he's going to get his own movie. It's going to mm. be fucking like 286 years old by then. He just keeps drinking bastard. that fucking... He just keeps drinking the fucking souls of nerds. Souls of nerds. You know? There's a reason his autograph is now almost 200 bucks. Because you got to stand there long enough for him to fucking suck your life force. i seen somebody advertising on Facebook, man, 135 or something, or 150. <clears throat> He's got to suck... You got to stand there long enough for him to suck your fucking life force. He sucks the essence of nerd. He sucks something. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks the essence of nerd to always remain... 90 some years old what, what What could he play That would give him A co-starring role Well I just like that um, Someone like when I was reading that, The article that came from uh, the One of the people was like I was at this convention Stan, Stan character is definitely Worse for wear He's like He's just about still able to slur His trademark catchphrase Excelsior what they should do is they should do a weekend at stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what they should do because motherfuckers already have to move his arm and shit for him. They might as well just do a weekend at stands. <laughs> weekend at Stanley's. He moves about as well as that drunk guy that just got carried out of the bar. <laughs> uh, here's one that I'm excited about. It could be Robert Downey Jr. <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> and fucking uh, Chris Evans. Weekend at Stan Lee's. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, no, they could do it. It could be uh, just like, have you ever seen um, Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. and yep. Zach Galifianakis? could be like that. It's a comedy, but it's Weekend at Stands. <laughs> instead of Weekend at Burns. It'd Bernie's. be better if he was just could be a reboot. They, reboot. Like, they like tight armed his dog. Yeah, it's a reboot. <laughs> it's instead of Weekend at Bernie's, it's Weekend at Stands. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched the, do you ever watch British TV shows? No. No? You've never seen the TV show Misfits? It's a really good show. Um, it's a British show that is about a group of teenagers that get superpowers. Are they misfits? They are. They're on. Um, they're basically on are like they community service. No. Are they called the misfits. They are called the, the show's called the misfits, but they do community service and then they uh, get superpowers. It's a really good, really good show. The first three seasons are really good. But uh, I Zombie's executive producer is executive producing Misfits reboot, and they got a pilot order at Freeform. Zombie executive producer Diane Regaro writes Misfits reboot as a writer uh, writes Misfits yeah I can't read Misfits reboot landed a pilot order at Freeform Deadline reports that the American version of E4's Misfits has also secured four of its five stars who share the names of the characters in the original show uh, in their cast of troubled delinquents Um, so it looks like it's going to stick very true to the um, the series. It's where, um, well, you don't watch Game of Thrones anyways. Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones was a character 
in this show. Uh, he played Simon in this show, and he just never... They still haven't casted his character yet, but that's uh, I'm excited for that because I really like Mr. You know Fitz. what I'm watching? What's that? America's Got Talent. <laughs> Why? It's fucking awesome. I don't watch Dude, that you see some of the fucking acts on that thing? Holy shit. But I'm super cool. I'm super excited for Misfits. You are super cool. I am. I'm so cool. <laughs> you fucking just, you just build yourself up super cool. I, I do. Thanks for pointing that out, Kyle. You I'm, said it. I'm glad that you agreed that I am super cool. I'm super cool. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. Um, I just think it's super cool that they're bringing this show over here and remaking it. I was a huge fan of this show. Um, I would watch it. You could watch it on Hulu, I think, still. What? I'm super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super cool, Matt. Oh, um, man, but you can watch it on Hulu if you want to check it out. But I, I just recommend the first three seasons, and then it kind of gets boring. Um, <laughs> sorry, Stranger Things fans, if you were hoping for the return of Barb in Season 2, well, hope seems to be lost as Stranger Things Season 2 won't re- be resurrecting Barb. Matt and Ross Duffer, creators of the 80s nostalgic sci-fi horror show, confirmed that Barb, a character last seen in the spooky alternate dimension of the Upside Down, will not be supernaturally revived for season two. You know what Barb will be revived to? Doing Comic-Cons. Yep. <laughs> or appearing in uh, other TV shows. Yep. You're only going to see her in Cons. <laughs> she's in Riverdale. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, she already is? Yeah, she's oh, a character in Riverdale. Um... But yeah, we're doing Comic Cons, <laughs> not not good Comic Cons either. Like those shitty, like small, just startup Comic Cons, like Horror Con, where it's like Danny Trejo and then like fucking Ric Flair and like all these different like <laughs> hodgepodge of guests. Yep. Sid and and like Barb, Barb from Stranger <laughs> Things. Uh, DC Titans series begins shooting this fall. Fuck yeah. Principal shooting on Titans will begin on September 25th in Atlanta, Georgia. Damn, it looks like Atlanta, Georgia is the place to be. Yeah, it's like the new Hollywood, man. Isn't that where they're filming the new Avengers movie? Um, I believe so. I think that's where they are. I believe so. That's where they they film a lot of Marvel stuff. Man. Atlanta. You know they should start filming it? Phoenix. No one wants to come here. Transformers did. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to come here. You know why? Because the same reason that we have to have an air conditioner running right now. It's fucking 107 <laughs> degrees outside. We had a, an excessive heat warning in the beginning of June. Yeah. Um, which hasn't even been that hot. It's been like low hundreds. It went from nice to fucking it, hot. Like la- this time last year, we were at Phoenix Comic Con. Like this would have been, I think this would have been Phoenix Comic Con weekend last year, and it was like. 110, 115, like it's not that hot yet, but 105 is still fucking hot. <laughs> it's three digits, it's hot. Yeah. Um, and, and we probably won't see under, we, we'll probably see triple digits till October. Yeah. Hopefully we have a good monsoon. Maybe, hopefully we'll have an actual like good monsoon season this year that'll keep. They're not predicting one this no. year. No. We'll see. They've already said it was supposed to be a mild one. So that means we're not going to get any rain. <laughs> Justice League re- uh, Justice League reportedly begins significant reshoots. That's fucked. Justice League is undergoing some changes, according you know what to a report. That sounds like to me. What's that? That we're going to end up with two movies. Well, here you go. According to a report from BatmanOnFilms.com, the upcoming movie is is filming significant reshoots in London. 
The reshoots are expected to run through June and July, and possibly into August. As such, they have been described as not your standard pickups. Further, the report indicates that Justice League's main cast has reunited to film these reshoots. Avengers director Josh Whedon will helm the reshoots following the departure of Zack Snyder, who stepped down from the project in order to cope with the death of his daughter. So, what that tells me is A, either like you said, or B, Joss Whedon came in and was like, these shots fucking suck. This doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. This all fucking sucks. We're reshooting it. And that's what he's doing. But... That movie's gonna be fucking terrible. Yeah, and you're getting... If you're getting reshoots that are going from June, July, and into August... That's the filming of a movie. Yeah, that's three months of reshoots. So... It, they're, re- they're refilming they're, the movie. <laughs> that's pretty much what it sounds like, is they're refilming the entire movie. And it's just like... Do you... You had such a good hope with Wonder Woman. Apparently Wonder you, Woman. I bet you they had it really gritty. And since Wonder Woman wasn't gritty and it did so well... I bet you that's why they're fucking... They're hurrying up and they're lightening the movie up. They're not going to make it as gritty. Maybe, but I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I've had so many people message me and say, like, you should just give Wonder Woman a shot. It's not a bad flick, but it's a two and a half hour movie. I don't really want to go watch two and a half hours. I heard it was about 30 minutes too long. Yeah. 20 to 30 minutes too long. Because I was waiting for it to come on the internet, like, all fucking weekend, and it never showed up. Yeah. I'm sure it's on now if I look, but... It's a lot of... I don't know. I just... I don't really care. The fact that their poster is identical to Captain America, the first Avengers, it's identical. Like, it's the same fucking poster with just different characters on it. Same setup, same everything. I don't know. She's fucking hot. Yeah. She's a lot hotter than Chris Evans. Yeah, well, yeah. She is very hot. <laughs> she is very hot, but it just, it just it did, the movie doesn't interest me. And it's not because it's, it's a female-driven movie. It's just the way, like, the trailers put it, like, it doesn't interest me. Why does she need to be in World War Two? You know? Because that's... I don't know. It just doesn't... just did not peak my... It did not tickle my nerd butthole. It didn't tickle your nerd butthole? You're not no. going to make chocolates out of your butthole because no. of it? Nope. It makes me not cool. <laughs> I am not cool. <laughs> You're not super cool. I'm not super cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Original Ghostbusters star Dan Aykroyd blames director Paul Feig Dude, for the 2016 reboot. Dude, he waited a long time Oscar to fucking shirt. blame him. Yeah, he waited a <laughs> he waited a long time, dude. That shit's been the movies. It's been on DVD. <laughs> it's on fucking. It's on fucking uh, Showtime or Stars. It's Is it on Stars? Yeah, they're getting. Yeah, dude, he waited a long time to fucking blast that ass, but he's been doing it though. He must have fucking. He must have finally got his checks, and he's like, "Fucking dick." He came out and said that because fucking he's not welcome at Sony anymore, and <laughs> like, yeah, he fucking blasted him. Man. He uh, because I, I know he was a big, like, he was it big into it. Mm-hmm. So he must. I don't know if he finally just got around to watching it, but I think he finally got those fat movie checks, and they were not fat enough. Yeah, right. Like, they were I not think, fat at all. Yes, I think that's what <laughs> happened. Is he was. He was trying to get that when it's finally time to pay him back. He didn't mm-hmm. get fucking paid back. According to Ackroyd, Fage did not or Fage did not listen to Sony's feedback, which resulted in a reshoot that cost a startling thirty to forty million. Sony has since come forward to refute that cost, saying that the reshoots only cost about three to four million. However, that didn't stop Ackroyd from taking another shot at the film via his Facebook page, and the message Ackroyd initially offered praise for the film, which quickly turned into a critique again. Paul Fage, Paul Fage made a good movie. And had a superb cast and plenty of money to do it. 
he wrote he just wish uh we just wish he had been more inclusive to the originators it cost everyone um as it is unlikely Kristen, lisa melissa and kate will re- it's very unlikely that Kristen Le- i can't read Kristen, leslie melissa and kate will reprise their roles in a ghostbusters sequel bet you they do <laughs> i don't think they I do i bet you they do you think so I don't think I don't think there's gonna be a sequel to that. I, movie. You don't care how fucking bad it is. If the paycheck is right, man, they're gonna be fucking. I don't, I don't think ghosts. it is. I think there's too much there's too much shit and too much heat around that movie. I think it gets rebooted before it gets rebooted again before you get a sequel. I bet you they'll do a sequel. I don't give a fuck. We'll see. I don't give a fuck. Talk we'll about see. the almighty American dollar, America. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow recruits classic DC heroine for season three. The CW has announced that Talia Ash, American Odyssey, will join the cast as Zara Adria. But they're not going to call her by her name. A character, a character better known as DC Comics fans, not to mention viewers of the 1970s Saturday morning television show as a superheroine Isis. Mm-hmm. They're not going to call her. You don't that. think they'll call her Isis? They're not going to call her Isis. I think they will. I think they're Isis good. is a name. I mean, it's, I there's other s- things to it than just a terrorist organization. Too late. They branded it. They fucking. <laughs> They took no shit because over. do you watch Archer? No. So in Archer, the TV show Archer, let's get the guy from Bob's Burgers voice. Yeah, yeah. Their their secret spy agency is ISIS, and they still use it. So I don't think. Yeah, but they're on the fringe of. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not. They're. I. I don't think they're gonna do it. But we'll see. We'll find out, won't we? And the last story for today that might tickle Kyle's fancy, being a. An anime oh. fan. I don't know if you've actually watched this one or not. Cowboy Bebop live action TV series in the works. Have oh, that'd be watched, cool. Have you ever watched Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. I'm down with that. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. Um, it's being developed by Tomorrow Studios, a partner between British production company ITV Studios. So. And it's being produced by the guy who did prison, by uh, the person who did Prison Break and Teen Wolf. So, and it's it's executive produced by Sunset Inc., the studio behind the original anime, uh, and it's written by Chris Yost, who did X Men Evolution and Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. So, oh, what channel is it? It doesn't say. It doesn't have a channel oh. yet. It was just announced that they're just turning it into a TV show, live action TV show. BBC. It's got BBC written all over it. Nah, not for Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I'm thinking more like, I would think more like Netflix, maybe. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what an Amazon show. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what station it would be on. We're gonna find out but if it gets picked up. I'm sure it will. Most popular. See you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs> All right, that's it for the news this week. <laughs> if I could fucking read, dude, I cannot read tonight. Today's just right, been a Jose? shitty day. Yeah, right. It's because you're super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm super cool. <laughs> I'm a super cool dude who can't read very good. I'm, I'm super cool. <laughs> it's not his fault you can't read. Yeah, I'm super cool. Someone's gotta pick up the super cool factor when Jose's not here. Right, fucking Jose. Yeah, he's can't make it. On he can't Thursday. make it on Thursdays because he's gotta pretend to be at work. I pretend to be at work. <laughs> fucking super cool guy. Oh, fuck, man. Sorry, at least he could be here for Friday for the show he really wants to do. And what the fuck Friday. I know he's all, all excited about that one. Yeah. 
I'm always excited about it too. I'm actually excited about tomorrow's fuck the fuck. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's gonna be funny. It's a show I can take or leave. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I enjoy doing Dude, it. Misconnections is Misconnections is fun. Yes, it is. I still think we should read a chapter every week of fucking Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades of Grey. You do one chapter, I do another chapter, and our misconnections. No, place. I can't read on this. Why would anyone want to listen to me to stumble through fucking a chapter of Fifty Shades of Grey? Because that's what's going to make it funny. <laughs> nah. With Jose playing Kenny G. <laughs> Dr. Gray will see you now. Anyways, let's do some combo fucking book reviews. Oh, yeah, I got a bunch of books. Kyle, you going to kick us off this week? I always kick us off. But okay. You gonna do everyone's favorite first? Nope. I sure ain't. No. Fuck no. I'm gonna do Nightwing first. No, you're gonna make us sit through fucking dick first? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, come on. Fucking Nightwing 22. Seeley's wrote this one again. Book his ass. Move on. Okay, here we go. Who? Who is that Doomsday on the cover? No, it is not. Solomon Grundy. <laughs> so. Grandpa Stinson. Grandpa Stinson. <laughs> So this starts out with uh, a casino has opened up in Bloodhaven. Oh. Yes. And uh, dude is walking up. His name's Roland. And it's, it's kind of, when it starts out, it's like, you know, only in Bloodhaven I could go to prison and still get a fucking, a good job somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, uh, and just as that's going on, he's taking this weird pill, this weird, like, Spray, like he's got it like a like a visine looking bottle. He sprays it and like yokes him out. Like fucking veins are popping out of his head and shit. And then it switches over to there's a it's like a it's like a gang war back and forth between two gangs. And Nightwing's kind of at the top, talking about you know being in the fucking circus and shit. And what's happening is one of the gangs is way 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 out of their territory, and they've got these weird space age weapons more like futuristic than they are just like normal guns and uh and it's kind of cool cause like Nightwing tries to be all slick and shit and he jumps up onto the fucking uh, sign for the basketball like the mm-hmm. scoreboard and it fucking falls and he falls down in the middle of the gang fight and they're like oh shit there's a superhero here now and then they get you know then they bust out these crazy like futuristic weapons and it like makes them actually like vanished and they're like they even say we're out like Star Trek because <laughs> it's like it's weird and then it switches back to the casino where like the dude is like he's hired at the casino and he's you know checking shit out and he sees a dude playing so he sits next to him and he's like man you're on fire tonight where are you gonna take all that cash back to and the guy's like Toronto how'd you know I wasn't from here and he does a spiel like I you could tell someone's from Bloodhaven and I've lived here my whole life and they pick him up and they take him away and they fucking uh, take him to the back like old school casino type and uh, Tiger Shark is the one who owns the casino and he's telling the dude you know hey man you're gonna come view my aquarium it's the guy that was like counting cards mm-hmm and it switches to fucking Nightwing climbing back into the window. This old lady fell asleep all sexy-like. She wanted to get it on. And they're kind of bantering about, um, like, kind of them being, like, no- a normal couple. Not superheroes. Not, now, is that the same girl that said she was pregnant? The, fra- the facer? Yeah. yeah. 
And she's like, maybe you should take that interview because I'm going back to work. Cause she was, remember, she was the one that was helping the villains in the group sessions. And, the, you know, she was the one that used to lead it until Dick kind of did it for a while. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, maybe, you know, like, maybe you should take that, you know, like the regular job. And he's like, you know, there's something going on here in Bloodhaven. I might have to be Nightwing full time. Uh-huh. So they're kind of going back and forth about that. And he's like, you know, I still got some money, so, you know, I we won't be you know, broke so quick. And then it says, uh, you can you can be Nightwing anywhere. You're Nightwing everywhere. You chase all over the globe fighting evil. That makes my old art crimes look like charity work. And she takes his fucking mask off. Because she's like, you can fucking... Because she, what she's pretty much saying is, you know, I'm Defacer, you were Nightwing, I fell in love with you, but now it's Sean, and Sean fell in love with Dick Grayson. And she's like, well, but, you know, he's like, well, maybe I can take that interview, and then she's like, maybe I can help you work on the interpersonal in skills, and it shows black, and it goes away, and they get it on. No, oh, okay. And then it switches back to the casino, and there's... Tiger Shark is talking to fucking the dude that had found the dude counting cards. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, you know, I need you as, like, my second hand. You know, you you have the skills that I need. You know, and being, like, a guy that just works at a casino isn't what you were meant to be. And as they're sitting there talking about that and looking at the aquarium, they throw the dude who's counting cards into the fucking aquarium and the sharks eat him. And he's like, what I want you... And then Tiger Shark is telling him, what I want you to do is, I don't need Nightwing fucking this up, so I want the skin of Nightwing brought to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And then it switches back to Dick. He's at the bar talking to a couple of the dudes that were in the group for him. You know, how they've gone straight and they're not villains anymore. So he's kind of talking to him about, you know... I've never been much of a working guy because I've always kind of been a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, he's like... Not really sure that working is his thing, right? You know, and then he realizes as they're talking, he's like, you know, that the casino's kind of hiring a certain type of person, and it like puts two and two together for Dick that where he knows where he needs to go, start prying around is in the casino, and uh, so as he's there, this dude shows up, Blockbuster shows up and starts fighting them and they fight and they go back and forth and he's like why what was his motivation for just showing up it'll come in a second it was uh and dick's talking he's like you know blockbuster aka mark desmond you know he's like this guy should be in prison this guy's Mm -hmm. easy he's not very smart you know this should be easy and hashtag dumbass right and he fucking and it's not quite the same the dude's a better fighter and he's like what the fuck is going on and the dude's taking the same, like, visine bottle type thing that's yoking him out. But he's like, my name's Roland Desmond. I'm Mark's brother. He's Sharkbuster. And he's like, and I'd like to offer you a job. So something's about to go on. Something, I, what I'm assuming is something happened to his brother. Mm-hmm. And he wants to hire Nightwing to infiltrate to help him figure out. And that's kind of where it ended. So it was kind of a... It wasn't bad. It was, you know, what I like is I like that it's it's kind of almost along the same lines as, as kind of where Batman is right now. 
he still is a superhero, but he's actually like in this position where he's like, well, maybe I can be just a regular person. I don't have to be a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, like Bruce just fucking, you know, is going through the same thing. He's, He's talking about being a superhero, but then he's fucking asking Selena, you know what I mean, to marry him. Oh, dude, you just fucking ruined that. We didn't even review that yet. Is that this one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you fucking ruined it. <laughs> I guess we'll do Batman next. Yeah, fucking dick. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, that, and that, it seems like even though they're not in the same place. Wow, I can't believe you just fucking did that. <laughs> what a fucking dick. I thought that was last nope. week. Uh. <laughs> well, I guess we'll review Batman next. Yeah. Um, oh, that fucked my whole thing up. But they're not, they're like in this. God damn it. Don't worry about it now. Fucking keep going. <laughs> Whatever you're going to say. So they're kind of in the same position where they're, where they're, I think they're at a crossroads where they can actually be like, well, do I really, do I really want to be a superhero or do I really, or do I just want to be a regular person with a wife and, and a regular life? And that's kind of seems like where he's at. And that is fucking nightmare. can't believe you did that. <laughs> I, I guess I'm not super cool. Uh, no. I kind of feel like Nightwing is a book that is struggling. It's it's a book that is not progressing well with Rebirth. I feel like Nightwing would be better off as back in the pages of Batman instead of... It, it feels like it's they're having a hard time having him pull his own book. Yeah. Because it's been one of those books that has been really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Put up and, and down. It, and even in 22 issues, I can only think of like three really good issues. Like the first run, so like the first couple issues was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it just kind of like fizzled off a little bit for a while and like the first beginning part of that last arc where you thought he was pregnant and Damien was with him was good uh-huh. and then it fizzled off and I feel like they have to constantly bring in these new like supporting cast to keep the book interesting and it just feels like it's it's one of those books that is n- it's struggling to survive in Rebirth because it's not I don't feel like it's one of those books that's greatly performing and I guess it like what I've noticed is the casual reader isn't going ooh Nightwing and picking it up. It's it's normally it's core Nightwing fans like yourself and some other people that are continuously reading yeah. this book. It doesn't appease to new readers as much. Yeah, I could I could kind of see that. I'm just gonna keep reading it though. No, I I you're a dickhead. I and you know. And you're super cool. <laughs> I'm super cool, <laughs> but. Yeah, it, it just, it's like, I was reading it at the beginning, and I'm not a huge Nightwing fan, but I, I bailed on the book because it just, it was so dry. It was yeah. up and down and up and down. It's just not like, it's like Seeley can't find proper footing for... Like he's having a hard time writing yeah. it. Yeah. Because, like, he was writing, wasn't he right was he writing, um, no, it was, he wasn't writing... King was writing Grayson. Grayson, yeah. Seeley was, was drawing it. Yeah. So, it just feels like uh, he's not doing so hot as far as the landscape goes in Rebirth. I wonder what the Nightwing numbers are. Uh, I'm not sure. How do you find those? Just, you would look up um, monthly comic book sales for, or comic book sales for the month of May. They might not be out yet, though. Well, thanks to Kyle's fuckery, <laughs> I guess we're going to review Batman 24. <laughs> I liked the title of this this arc. By the way, a lot. Every epilogue, every epilogue is a prelude. I really like that. Let's see. Here's January of 2017. But that's like. I would look at 
It's like six months ago. April or May. Let's do... We'll do April. But it depends on when you have a big crossover and everyone's reading the crossover. Okay, here we go. DC month-to-month sales, April 2017. This has the button and everything in it. This came out June 1st. Okay. So we have... Here we go. Batman... What's it say? Sorry. It's it's like... Batman 1... Like, Batman 1 Rebirth had 219,788 copies. Sold? And then Batman 21, 219,472, plus 125%. So that means that it's... That book's sales were up 120... Or 1.25... Was it 1.25? Or 125. 125. So that means that book is uh, their sales are up 125%. And then here's Flash. Flash is up 224%. So that means that the, because it's getting a bump from the button storyline and people want to know what's going on. That was, yeah, that's exactly what it Because it went from fucking 53,000 to 174,000. Yeah. And a lot of that is Batman appearing in that book as well, so. Let's see. We'll skip Detective. In Detective, uh, the last issue, Detective, 955. Ooh, like Detective's going down. Well, I think the problem with Detective is what we've talked about. People want to know what happened with with Tim Drake in that whole storyline, and they're just kind of glossed over it. Like, it's almost been forgotten about. It went from, like, 101,000 all the way to 57,000. Yeah, so it feels like it's Uh, something that's been forgotten about. Fuck Superman, Wonder Woman, Super Sons. Super Sons went down, too. Action Comics, Harley Quinn, Suicide Squad, Titans. Titans is... You'd think you'd see a bump in Teen Titans and all that through the Lazarus contract. Titans went down. Nightwing. So we got Nightwing number one. And I'm not saying Rebirth number one. I'm doing the actual... Nightwing number one. Was 126,226, which is down 10% from Rebirth number one. Okay. Okay. And then this stopped at uh, issue 19. Okay. So that's a couple issues ago. It went from... It's at 38,230. So it so had a down big w- drop. It's down 1.6%. Yeah. So it's... But it's not even in the top ten of books, right? It just, it doesn't say it's. It just says it's just what the titles were, and then like. That's one of the last ones. Teen Titans. Is, let's see, Teen Titans one. Was ninety three or Teen Titans number one was seventy one thousand, and it's gone down four percent. It's at thirty six thousand, which that's actually a pretty good. Uh, yeah, what else do we read? I'm looking at it. Let's look through. Aquaman. I I just Batman Beyond. I'm reading Batman Beyond. It's wow, down a lot. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot. 
And the last fucking issue was fucking great. But that's not covering the last issue, though, either. That was number seven, yeah. Yeah. Because it, w- it started out at 66,000, and it dropped all the way down to 24,000. Yeah. So that's what's being... Is that what's being... That's what must be what's being ordered. So everything's just leveling out. Like, everybody went hard on the first couple so that they had all the... In case it's the next, you know, Batman New 52 number one, I think. Right. I think that's what it is. Um, I think that's about all we read, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, because we're... Into, yeah. All so right. Go ahead. Batman 24. Every epilogue is a prelude. Um, this issue was very... This was uh, Tom King returning to his very poetic um, style of writing Batman. This entire issue is a... Um, it, it's kind of Batman struggling still with the realization of what his father... What Flashpoint Thomas Wayne told him. Don't be Batman. Give it up. Don't be Batman anymore. Let somebody else do it. Go live your life. You don't need to do this for your mother and I. You know, he, he kind of told him, don't be Batman. Go do something else. And that that seems to be very um, well weighing very heavily on Bruce in the last couple of issues. And uh, even in this one, it's it's him perched uh, on top of a building or a water tower talking to Gotham Girl. And him and Gotham Girl are both going back and forth, basically struggling with the same, the same issue on two different sides of the coin. She's struggling with, do I become a hero? Why should I become a hero? Is it what I want to do? And Batman's considering struggling with, do I remain a hero? Is this what I want to do? Is this what I should be doing? Or should I take heed my father's advice and, and give up the mantle, give up the cowl and go do something else? And it's kind of like it, the whole issue is really good. It's it's Gotham Girl questioning Batman on why he's a hero, uh-huh. and then it's Batman questioning, it, kind of answering her in a way of where he's. You can tell he's fighting with why should I remain a hero, and why he does what he does. And it's a very it's a very good read. Um, it's a lot of back and forth. It, it's, I'm not going to sit here and read it all and and give you all excerpts for it, but you can really tell that the events that took place in the button are having a lasting effect on Bruce, especially as Batman. And yeah, he's, he's questioned. I think he's he's really into like kind of like Dick is doing. I think he's he's questioning himself. Yeah, he's questioning everything, everything. that he does, and is his methods working? Is his methods of Batman? Working or helping or hurting Gotham City. Like I think he thinks it's not working. Yeah. Like he his he thinks his fear is fucking him up and his I think like it's not making him be that all that he can be. Like it's holding him back. Yeah, and um, she kind of asks him. She's like, "Did you ever have anybody t- tell you not to do this?" And because he's not really giving her straight answers, he's kind of like. Reflect. He's answering her, her, but like reflecting in on himself. Yeah. And she's like, "Did you ever have anyone, you know, tell you not to do this?" And she, he, he was like, "You know, Alfred told me not to, and it took him a long time to get on board, and he wasn't really, um, you know, all, all about this." Um. You got that cover. Yeah. 
So it's really I got that one. Nice. That is cool. Is that Al- Albuquerque? No, Albuquerque is detective. Oh. This is uh, sale. Um. So it it's kind of like. Um. He he's talking to her back and forth and everything, and then it it kind of cuts to to Batman. Um. And he's talking like he's kind of had the realization that he needs to to do something with his life or make something of himself. And it cuts to Batman and Selina um, on the rooftop. And he he's like, listen, he's like, cat. And she's like, bat. And he's like, when I first met you on the boat, she's like, we met on the street. He's like, on the boat, the diamond you stole. After I got it back, I bought it. I've had it for the, for years. She's like, what? He's like, I knew. Even at the beginning, I knew I'd, I'd need it. I, I needed it just like I need you and he takes his mask off his cowl off and kind of grabs her face and removes her mask he's like I'm so scared and she's like Bruce and he's like Selena he's like I love you and he gets down on one knee and he says marry me and he proposes to her and the next one is the war of jokes and riddles so we're getting into the next story arc and I think from what Tom King has said in interviews that you're going to see Bat man or Bruce Wayne revealing the darkest parts of his past to Selena Kyle as he's confessing his love for her and trying to get her to agree to marry him. And I think, I think the Joker and Riddler are going to come back into play and pick up on this. And they're going to use that to their advantage, to their advantage and try and pull him in different directions. Like they're both going to try to use different tactics and advantages to get something out of him. That actually sounds like a pretty cool story. So, um, I really liked Batman 24. Like I said, I really personally, I really, 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 really like when Tom King writes these very deep poetic, um, issues. Cause it's, it's not only just like the struggle with good and it's, it, it kind of, you kind of look at it as an internal struggle that people go through every day mm-hmm. is where he's struggling with the remaining, a hero in, in Gotham Girls struggling with becoming one, it kind of resembles the struggle you through every day with choices you make, whether you want to do, you know, what's good or what's bad or what's right or what's wrong. It's it's kind of, it reflects a lot of the same struggles that you go through every day. So, I always go through the struggle of trying to propose to Selena. Yeah. I go through the struggle of just trying to go to work. <laughs> I get out of bed to go to work. <laughs> or get out of bed to work, I should say. But um, walk three feet. Yeah, right. But it's still a choice, man. It's still a choice to yes, sir. put your feet on the ground. It's super cool. <laughs> I'm a super cool guy. <laughs> uh, but I give Batman twenty four an eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight too. It was good. So I thought I enjoyed it. All right. I didn't think I enjoyed it. I knew I enjoyed. But yeah, it. that's why I said Kyle fucking ruined it because you, now you know that uh, Batman proposed to Selena Kyle before we even did the review. <laughs> Way to fuck up, Kyle. <laughs> I really thought it was last week right. for some reason. It's all right. I'm super cool. We we got this. Do you have a separate book? Um, that I don't have. You have Jessica Jones. Uh, no, I didn't read Jessica Jones this week. Did you read this? No. All right, cool. Iceman number one. It is the debut in Marvel Comics, um, of our buddy. Well, of writing. Not well. Now we should be able to interview him about it. Yeah. We should. Um, it is the debut b- debut book from good friend of the show, Cena Grace. He had two things come out. He with did. His- he had well. He had three. Th- he had um, a creator 
Dunn book that he did for Image, he had the Walking Dead Pride Month cover. Um, and, and then he had Iceman. He fucking tied that nicely. Yeah. Iceman, number one, by writer Cena Grace. I know he wrote, he's written other stuff for Marvel, too, so I shouldn't say that it's his debut, but it's his, his debut book, his monthly book. Yeah. Because um, I know he did some uh, X-Men annuals. Um, but it's the debut book from him where he's, it's his own book, his monthly title, Iceman. Um, I really enjoyed Iceman a lot. You normally you think of Bobby Drake as just this wisecracking, um, almost Spider-Man type character. He's quick mm-hmm. with a joke, and he's kind of like you know he's very really often compared to Spider-Man of the X-Men, except he's got ice powers. But um, he's <laughs> yeah. So you know what does a Thanks. what does a gay Omega level mutant do? What's his personal life? And it, it's really cool that, like, so this book. Butt sex. Yeah. So this book starts off with Bobby. Um, he's like, uh, he's trying to find. Himself. He's trying to find a life. He's trying to get out and explore more. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign up for a dating website. So he signs, uh, uh, signs up for, <laughs> and I love this website, Single Not Stirred. <laughs> so this entire book is kind of like him telling his story through his his about me section of of this website and um he's like well i'm probably people would say i'm extra hilarious i'm an x-men one of the originals actually and he's like talking about his like time displaced younger self and um cena really tackles the fact in this book that you can see like the differences because when brian michael bendis revealed that iceman was gay the younger person, the younger Iceman kind of knew it, and the older Iceman was kind of less like, you know, whatever about it. So he kind of really shows that in this new time frame, the older Iceman is still kind of struggling with it and, and struggling to have a personal life mm-hmm. and, and do it. And because uh, and younger Iceman is open. He's got a boyfriend who's going out on dates. Like they kind of talk about that. And so this is like not young Iceman, but not old Iceman, but right in the... Well, this is the older Iceman. So the younger Iceman's still in it, and they have they have a conversation in the in the book, and pretty much um, Iceman does dad jokes. Nice. And uh, <laughs> pretty much younger Iceman kind of tells older Iceman that he needs to to get a life, and he needs to go out, and he needs to have a personal life. And like, um, he's like date night, date life, not being. Uh, Star-crossed rules. Romeo, maybe it's time you change your name to uh, Relatable-O or something. And, like, so younger Bo- younger Bobby is having a life, man. He's going out and and dating and going on dates. And younger and older Iceman kind of isn't really doing that. And he gets a text message uh, as, Bobby, as younger Bobby's leaving from his mom that his dad's in the hospital. So he goes to his dad in the hospital. His dad's kind of like this grumpy old man, and it, it kind of dives into like his relationship with his parents. And his parents are really weird too. They don't really care that he's a mutant, but they don't celebrate it either. They like, don't shun him for being a mutant, but they don't celebrate it either. They're kind of like they come off very whatever about it. And um, he's in the he's in the, the hospital because his dad just had a heart issue and and stuff. And, um, and that's stuff. when yeah, and stuff. That's stuff. Um, oh, stuff. Right? 
and uh, someone attacks it, the hospital. Um, so this woman starts running through. She's like, somebody please help me. She's coming after me. I wasn't doing anything, just showing a friend a trick. Uh, and uh, he's like, there's nowhere left to run abomination. And, and this dude's kind of like hunting this girl. So Bobby, I, Bobby ices up and goes to fight him. And he kind of he saves the girl's life and and dispatches the the shooter and everything and takes care of him. Then he goes back to his. Like, uh, how does he take care of him? Well, he like beats him up. Oh, beats him up, man. I didn't know if he like. Come on, ices him up, bro. I don't know if he like took care of him. Oh no, no, he didn't take care of him like that. Come oh. on, it is still a com- it is still a Marvel comic. And Iceman's like, um. He's like, I'm, I'm freaking Iceman, bozo. Learn your X-Men. And puts him on ice. And then Bobby goes back to, like, his mom and dad's room. And his mom's, like, um, she pretty much asks him to leave. Because everywhere he goes, he just causes a scene mm-hmm. because he's Iceman. And he's just mute. And she's like, honey, do you think you could possibly maybe leave? Your father shouldn't be in dealing with any additional stress. Uh, and they're not more news vans. And there's not more news vans pulling up. And uh, his mom's kind of like, well, things happen whenever you become a mutant. And Bobby's like, I'm always a mutant. And she asks him to leave. So he does basically just because like whenever, wherever he goes, he tracks mm-hmm. information. Um, and uh, so at the end, it comes back to the dating profile. And he's like, describe yourself in 500 words or less. And he's like, you know what? And he puts the little fucking like, I don't know emoji. And then it's to be continued. So in the next issue is... Him and Kitty Pride on the cover. That's kind of an interesting take to it, though. Like, the whole story is him trying to figure out what he wants to do as his... Who am I? Yeah. You know, who is me? You know, who is Iceman? And I, I, I like... I like the scene with that approach. It's actually... I think it's kind of unique. I think it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it, it was really good. Like, my review of it is shitty and doesn't do it justice. Um, because it's, it's trying to cover a lot of... But it's a, it's an internal look... He's giving a background in a life to a character that you know that you really only know is part of the X Men, and he's an Omega level mutant that you just recently found out he was gay, and they kind of really didn't touch on that. And Cena kind of touches on on his personal life, and you're kind of watching him grow. It's kind of like watching a child because you're watching Bobby grow from what Cena is giving him, and as far as like a personal life and a backstory and everything along those lines, and it's cool to see. Like in a world today, you know, where everything is more acceptable, it, it's it's interesting to see like older Iceman struggle with being gay and everything that comes along with it, and, and, and dating. And because in the when he's talking to his parents, his mom asks him if he's dating any any nice young girls. So his parents don't even know he's gay in this. So it's kind of like he's struggling with that that fact still that he's gay, and younger Iceman has accepted it. And it, it's weird that even though they're the same person, but because one of them is time displaced, mm-hmm. he's kind of in with the younger crowd and in with the 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 movement, the LBGT movement, and he's more open and out and and accepting than older Bobby is. He's kind of still more reserved and still kind of dealing with and accepting the fact that he's gay and he still hasn't come out to his parents. And there's still a lot of underlying issues with him as a character. And like you said, it's a really cool concept. I'm, I can't wait to see where Cena goes with this. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's a cool take and a, a character that I never thought would have his own book, but it was an exciting read. Um, I 
I give it a I give it a nine. It's a good read, good story, good start. Hopefully, you can keep it up. Uh, Cena's usually I'm a huge Cena Grace fan. He's a friend of the show. He usually does a lot of really good stuff. So definitely go support Cena. If you support us, go support Cena. Pick up Elise Iceman number one. Check it out. And, uh, you know, help support those. those we've, been, we've been asking and begging for fresh blood to be pumped into Marvel. And now they're giving people like Cena Grace, who's been mostly at Image or creator-owned books, that, that shot. And I think he's going to knock it out of the park. He definitely did with, with Iceman number one. Nice. All right, I since I have one more book and then our wrestler books are the same, right? Uh, I believe so. So I'll do uh, Paper Girls. It's the moment everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Paper Girls. <laughs> so Paper Girls fifteen. Let's see where we are at. Uh, I'm a shocked. I want to know how many of our listeners started reading this book because of your reviews. <laughs> I don't know. Like I know I've seen from a lot of listeners that follow us on social media that they've been picking them up issue by issue and and starting to collect them all or the trades so just a few uh on the facebook just let us know how many of you started reading this book because of kyle's reviews because i'm really interested to see that well no because really you you push the narrative on this book to our listeners and i i wonder how many of them would actually have picked it up without hearing your reviews of it every every month i'd have to give a shout out to the person that gave us the review of not doing enough uh, indies and number ones. Yeah. So that's the reason why I picked it up in the first place. But where we're at now is, if we remember back from the last issue, that there was that chick had come from the future, and she had been captured, and then the girls had saved her. And now, so now they're all with the girls. And, as, and remember, they were with that chick with the baby. Mm-hmm. And the three crazy dudes had taken the baby. And now the girls trip it out because... The baby has been my taken. Baby. My baby. My motherfucking baby. It's probably wrapped up in a towel and a backpack at Food City. Oh, my God. <laughs> so where it's at is now they... Where had, it's at? <laughs> Two turntables and a microphone. So now they're to this upside-down triangle thing with these Kyle, in case you didn't, in, in case you didn't know, I'm super cool. You are super cool. <laughs> and when you go up to the... To this triangle thing and you put your hands on it 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 it, it, it hurts but it kind of tells you the future Ooh, is so it called the triforce there, yes and they're sitting there and she's and she's looking the girl from the future the scientist lady from the future is like uh she's realizing that she, it's directly interfering with the past and it just doesn't threaten the f- the fate of the world it fucks with the fabric of reality so she's realizing what's going on with them traveling through time and everything that's going on is actually fucking everything up. And uh, and so all the girls are back together and they recognize her from... One of the girls recognizes because she had put her hands on that on that triangle. She had kind of gotten the a whole... Like, the future had been shown to her, kind of. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out what they need to do to get back to their time to find where the baby is. They, you know, and they're realizing that they only have a couple hours until her capsule automatically deploys back to the future, <laughs> all on its own. So they know that they're on a, on time restraints. Mm-hmm. So she pulls out like the iPod. Aaron pulls out like the iPod. And she's like, "Well, maybe this will help." And the and they're like, "Well, this is like a weird prototype." 
without the right tools, I don't think I could, that's not going to be invented for thousands of years. I don't think I can make it into what you want it to be. And then the chick's like, the, the chick that's from that time has like all these futuristic gadgets as a necklace. And they're pretty much like, the chick's got a radio shack of <laughs> things. I'm sure we can figure something out. So she kind of takes off the devices and she casually hands it to her. And and they, they're kind of, you know, first she's like, I don't really, we shouldn't be doing this. This isn't part of, you know, the coming from the future and stuff. And she's like, but doing this might kill the, you know, not helping the baby might kill the baby. And you don't know what, you know, what butterfly effect that is going to have. Yeah. You know, you have no idea. So what they do is they take the little iPod thing and they make it into this, like, transporter thing that, that projects out and, like, it'll, like, f- freeze them long enough. So it turns into Jason Statham? Yeah. It'll freeze them long enough for her to take the baby. And where they're at right now is uh, there's, like, a ripple into the sky and it's the future and the past right now. So they... And it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to, like, sacrifice that kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To that, you know, because they're kind of primitive. So they, they, they kind of makeshift this weird thing together. The chick from the future, she's got, like, the iPod. And it looks like a, like a, it almost looks like a, uh, like a graphics card with a USB port in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's tied to, like, a fucking, like a something else you know and there's like USBs plugged all into it and shit and uh, and they're pretty they were talking they're like how did you even get here and she's like well we jumped through one of those little ripples in time <laughs> the talking head song is pop. how did I get here it went the days go by and they're like you know they're like we, we jumped through like a floating hole that's what Matt likes are floating holes mm, fuck yeah dude and, Floating uh, holes are the best. They're super cool. They are. Just and, like me. Super and they're cool. like, you mean you just went through one unprotected? Oh. F- going into floating holes unprotected, unprotected is, is the not, only way to do it. No way. You always go in fucking bareback Avenger. Yeah, unless you live in Tempe, then you're going to cl- get some chlamydia. <laughs> but what happens is, so they, they throw the device at him, and it, like, and it kind of freezes him. And so... They make a run to get the baby, but it didn't work as long as they expected it to. Going into floating holes unprotected. <laughs> so what happens is that the scientist lady like jumps to save the girl and the baby, and the dudes fucking they fucking stab her in the back with a fucking axe. And you know the dudes got this. The, one of the other dudes has a helmet and a gun on. They're like stupid girls, and he points the gun at her, and fucking uh, I think it's KJ. KJ runs up with a, with that axe man and f- fucking beats the dude fucking down. And uh, and they take off and they realize that the chick's all fucked up and they're like, you gotta go without me. You know how all that shit is. And they run up and they find her pod and they're starting to run out of time and they're like, fuck, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. We're, we can't get in the pod and this pod starts to like do its thing to where it's you know it's gonna it's transferring into the future and since they were underneath it close enough they actually got caught in the uh like in the fabrics of what was being done to to take it into the future 
and it shoots them up, and they're in, now they're in front of like an Applebee's that's on fire. Jesus. So now they've gone to a whole other time. They're not even in the past anymore now. And the cops are there, and they're like, freeze, don't, you know, and they're like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And she's like, what the fuck? And they, they go back and forth, and they're like, you, you didn't see, right, when the ball dropped? And she's like, ball? Total blackout. Not just here. And the, and the cops like, the nerds were right. Y2K actually happened. Oh, so now they're in the year 2000. And now there's this big robot, and the girl's like, Y2 what? Yeah. And that's where they're at right they're in now. In the year 2000. And they're now in the year 2000. Nice. So they're just jumping all through time, which yeah. is kind of cool. So that's a pretty good issue. I mean, that book is still all over the fucking it's place. It's still all over the place, <laughs> which is still fucking super cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's it. That's Paper Girls 15. I gave it an 8.5. Just, it's fit. We're 15 issues in, and it's still all over the place, and we still don't really know what's going on. It's still exciting, though. And we've gotten a little bit of nuggets of information. Like, we know that, you know, people from the future are fucking up the past, and, they, you know, now they know they have to get to another time and, and figure it out. So. Still, Yeah, it's still super exciting read, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so you give it 8.5? I gave it an 8.5. Paper Girl still rocks. Hmm. All right. Spider-Man number 17. Oh, shit. Miles Morales. This is one of, I think, my favorite issues so far. It, was, it, was, it had an unexpected ending to it. It did. So the issue opens up with Bombshell. She's trying to make her name for herself now as a hero, and she's kind of taking Miles' advice of getting your name out there in the public and, and letting people see you and... And stuff. So she starts kind of like live streaming her fighting crime, and she comes across Hammerhead. So she decides that I'm gonna fight Hammerhead in my live stream. <laughs> well, she tries to blow him up a couple times, and uh, Hammerhead's like, "I don't hit a broads and I don't hit a kid." So you got two t- for two going for you, and she still can continues to uh, provoke him and tries blowing him up. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna kick your ass." And he bum rushes her and pretty much puts her into a coma. So <clears throat> Miles gets the call that she's in a coma after he's talking with Gold Balls um, about you know he Miles is still reflecting on the last issue where he went into a bar and just like fucked up all these people. And uh, he gets the call that Bombshell is in a coma, and he goes to the hospital and the nurse kind of starts telling him like the nurse knows she's a superhero and she asks um she kind of asks miles like does she do this often or how long has she been a hero for and he's like what and he was like um he was like yeah do, you don't think most girls show up here in you know weird costumes <laughs> and masks and uh he's like what happened um and she's like something about a big guy with a hammer for a head and he's like hammerhead and miles dips out and he goes to this bar where Hammerhead is talking to um, the Vultures. I think it's the, no, it's not the Vultures then. But he's talking to this dude in the bar, and he's mixing drinks. And and Miles walks right in the fucking door, and he says, "It's he's like, like a, it's, he's talking. There's like a guy, like a bouncer type guy that goes for payments and shit, and goes yeah. to regulate. And he's in there talking about how, how he, he went to the Vulture's son. Yes. Yeah. And he said, um, he said, I said to him." You make me drag my big old head all the way down here 
and you better have the money you owe me. And then all of a sudden, I turn my head and it's teeny bopper, and he does it again, and there's Miles standing in the doorway. And the guy starts to pull a gun and get up, and Hammerhead tells him to wait. He's like, you put my friend in the hospital tonight. And Hammerhead said, of course. Uh, she was a friend of yours. What am I supposed to just let her t- take shots at me? Bad enough I have to deal with people thinking you tossed me into the pen last month. And uh, Miles is like, well, now you're going to be able to tell everyone I beat the, you uh, you bloody and then had to throw you in jail again. And uh, this, the bald dude, one of his bodyguards, like, I thought Spider-Man was supposed to be funny. He's like, yeah, this guy just looks like... Yeah, this guy's just looking to beat your ass. And, uh, like, they, they rush him. And Miles just beats the ever-loving shit out of all of them. And uh, Webb him up, and he's like... Um, Hammerhead's like, you're playing with the wrong kid. You're playing uh, this all wrong kid. Now i got to break you in half. Ain't no other way this ends. And Miles' like, actually, I just thought of one. He's like, I kill you. Yeah, and he starts beating him. And, like, Miles is actually swearing in this. Yeah, like, he's all Like, fucking, he's pissed. Yeah, he's riled he, he, He's telling Hammerhead, like, I'm going to fuck you up. And he's whooping Hammerhead's ass until he, Hammerhead, um, he gives he, Hammerhead an opening, which he takes advantage of. And uh, Hammerhead pretty much bum rushes him and checks him into the wall. And Miles on the ground is like, now you're dead. And ain't no one to blame but yourself. And he goes to step on his head and end there. And Miles, uh, it cuts to Miles' dorm room. His mom, who he hasn't talked to, shows up. And she sees one of his other roommates. She's like, is Miles here? He's like, uh, she's like, let me guess. He'll be right back. He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, tell, your mom, tell him that his mom's waiting in his room. If he doesn't hurry up, she might clean it. And that's where it ends in the next issue. He runs into Black Cat. That's going to be, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> so This was really good. I like because you don't even know the fate of Miles right now. I mean, because at the end of the issue, he was getting his ass handed to him. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he went in fucking guns blazing, but it kind of took a, it kind of went sideways for him. Yeah, well, because he went in pure, he didn't go in str- strategic. He went in with pure rage. He just went in guns blazing. Yeah, he went in with a full attention to fuck Hammerhead up for putting Bombshell in a coma. And, yeah, he was doing good, and then it just kind of, he made a rookie mistake, and it went sideways on him. Yeah, so I'm kind of seeing, like, I'm kind of interested to see where this her, goes. Black Cat and Hammerhead were partnering together to try and catch him. So we'll see what, what comes of this. But um, I gave this book an 8-7. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a good read. Mm-hmm, it really was. So, but, um. um what we got left? We got Walking Dead. Walking Dead, Reborn, or Outcast. Take a pick. Um, let's do Walking Dead. Walking Dead? Yeah. Wow, you want to do that early, huh? All right. Walking Dead 168, The Road Ends. Um, this is coming off the heels of the tragic death of Andrea last I, issue. I got the Cena Grace uh, you cover. got the Cena Grace cover? Nice. The Pride Month cover? Mm-hmm. Support Cena Grace, man. Um, everyone is still mourning the, the tragic death of Andrea. Everyone is kind of coming together, working together to put the town back together after the attacks, the zombie attacks, and kind of what the saviors did. Um, and uh, what's this? What's this guy's name? Dave? Is his name David? I can't remember his name. Um, That's it. You fucked up. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did fuck up. I, I did fuck up. I fucked. I can't remember this dude's name. Fuck. <laughs> um, That's what happens when you read fucking. Seven so many, comics right? Fuck, dude. 
Um, anyways, the dude, this dude is, uh, you know, he's, he's gotten at the gate. He was like, we saw Andrea when she arrived. Um, she was not well. Dwight told us Sherry wanted to help you clean up and intend to her. Um, we all respected Andrea and it was an honor of that respect that we assisted you one last time. And we're sorry for your loss. And Rick's kind of like, thank you. And he's like, but where's Sherry, Rick? And if you don't know, Sherry is Dwight's ex-wife, mm-hmm. Negan's ex-wife, and now the leader of the Saviors. And um, Rick's kind of just like, um, he's like, I want you all to remember where you were without us, what life was like before we began to coordinate. You don't want us as enemies. This should be the last thing you want. You don't need. And he's like, where is Sherry, Rick? And then Rick spills the beans that she's dead. And, but when he, he kind of lies and says she was sick and he had to take care of her instead of saying that he killed her. Mm. Um, he's like, if any hope for peace between us is dead with her. And um, Dwight kind of like is going to protect him. He's like, step back inside the right, uh, the gate. Rick. Is his name John? Maybe. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it is John. I think it is. Uh, Rick's kind of like, Dwight, stay calm. Everyone stay calm. Let me explain. Sherry was injured. It was an accident. She attacked me. We can work this out. But she wasn't. He he straight killed me. And then out of nowhere comes the unlikely savior, right. fucking Negan. Right. And um, Negan fucking, dude, he, he pretty much puts it into perspective for them all. Yeah, he really And does. I would have never expected Negan to be the voice of reason. Um, he, and Negan's just kind of like, put your fucking guns down and listen for a moment. You hear you ungrateful fucks. You're alive because of the hard back fucking breaking work of the of two people. One of those people is, uh, of course, is me. The other one is Rick motherfucking Grimes. All right. And the fact that he Need calls a shirt him that Rick, says that Rick motherfucking it's, it's, Grimes. It's got a picture of him and it says Rick motherfucking. Grimes. Yeah, it should be just his head like that, and it just says Rick motherfucking Grimes all the way around it. Yeah. Um. And he he's pretty much saying that you know, um. If you want to go back to the way it was, I'll come lead the saviors and you can go back to where we are, are hurting people and pillaging for stuff and making people work for us. And we're doing point systems and depending on how many points you have, that's what you can use to get stuff. Um, he's like, uh, he's like, think about those days. Things worked on a point system, doing deep, uh, doing deeps and performing tasks to get your points and you could use those points to get goods and supplies, food and shit. It was great. We were getting that stuff. People fucking brought it to us, giving, uh, and they gave it to us. Uh, did they do that because they loved us? Hell fucking no. They fucking hated us, me most of all. But they also fucking feared us. And again, me most of all. And that was more rad than foot fucking a beautiful lady's feet pressed together to form a magical foot vagina. <laughs> <laughs> made, for two, made of two feet, right? Right? And he's like, what? We're all going to stand here and pretend nobody's fucked for foot before? He's like, it can't just be me. And it's fucking very, that's a very Negan moment. And everybody's kind of like looking around kind of awkward. Yeah. He's like, or maybe it is uh, with me being the leader again, part not the foot fucking, not the foot fucking to each his own. And then uh, this dude uh, kneels down and he's like, and he's Mark. like, I'm Mark. He's like, I'm with you. Things were better when we, and we were stronger. And he's like, any other takers? Just Mark here, really? And everyone's kind of looking around, and he's like, no one? Okay, then. And then he backhands Mark. Yeah. He fucking backhands Mark. He's like, 
and he has a good point. He's like, dude, are you serious? Like, I fucking cooked your face. He's like, I put an iron to your face, and I fucking cooked your face, and you're ready to follow me again? Like, you're just on on bated breath. You're ready to give up everything. And, yeah, his name is John. Give up everything and and follow me again and get on your knees. He's like, you want to go back to that, to fucking face cooking when when it was your fucking face? He's like, Jesus, Mark, you're a special kind of sheep, aren't you? Watch out for this one, everyone. Fuck. Um, and, he's, and then Negan's like, fucking hell. Jesus, Mark, pull yourself together. And so he's still talking to John. And he's just kind of like, listen, you know, if you call this trade off or if you call, if you separate yourself from us, you're pretty much going back to the way things were before. You're not going to get any assistance from us. We're not going to help you. Nothing like that. You're on your own. You're going to go back to, to pillaging and and searching for each other everything and he's like but he's like when you're part of this we can help each other and he's all like it's all about helping each other isn't it and then Negan's like so what's it gonna be and all the saviors turn around and start walking away and Negan's left there and he turns to Rick and says my condolences and then goes back into the gates and then it shows kind of everyone putting the town back together and fires out and you see Nick and Car- or Rick Nick Rick and Carl have a nice <laughs> moment and everyone's kind of at the graves of everyone that died and everyone's kind of like blaming them themselves for all this. And uh, Carl walks in and is like, Dad, I'm so sorry. Dad, and Rick's just sitting at the table. He puts his hand on Carl's hand. He's like, good night, Dad. And Rick kind of takes off his shirt and his, his jacket and his arm and walks outside and he lays down on Andrea's grave. And you can kind of see that Andrea's death had more of an effect on him than Lori's did. Yep. Um, personally, like he kind of went crazy after Lori's death at the prison where he started hearing the telephone ring and everything. But like Andrea's death is really weighing heavily on him. Yeah. And I, I really liked this issue. Um, I gave it a seven five. It was a transition issue. I really liked the fact that Robert Kirkman himself, even as a writer, recognizes that Andrea was a powerful character and Andrea was a, a, a cornerstone character to this story. And it was her time to die. But like, her death is going to have ramifications in and out of the book going forward. And he kind of, he understands that with fans and everything. And it, it I don't, I'm still like when we, when all out, not all out war, but when uh, the whisper war started, we were in a completely different direction of what Negan was going to do. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if Negan's still buying his time. If he's trying to, get Rick to drop his guard so he can do what he's going to yeah, do. I, I'm still on the fence. I, part of me thinks, well, maybe he is realizing that, you know, Rick is the way to go with, you know, trying to become normal again in a world of zombies. But then part of me is like, you know what? I think, I think Negan is trying to just stay close so that he can find his time to strike. Like I keep teetering back and forth. Yeah. Like he's trying, like he's trying to let him get his guard down, and I think that whenever this pays off, you're going to see one of the most talked about moments in fucking comics. Think so? I, I think whenever whatever, whatever plays out, whatever play plays out, with Negan, if Negan pulls something big, I think it'll be one of the most talked about um, events in comics, and I think it's going to come towards issue 200. I think issue 200 is going to be a monumental issue. You still think it's going to be the death of Rick? I do. The way it's going, I think it is going to be the it's death of Rick. a lot of issues to go, though. Well, we're at 168, so... Years. 
it is a lot of issues, but I, I think it, I think, I mean, he, he's a pretty much already come out. Kirkman's pretty much already come out and said, "I'm going to kill Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes is going to die." So it'll be interesting to see if the fan theory plays out, and if this this whole story has just been from Carl's point of view as an older person, um, or what happens with it. But I really like this issue. That's so thirty-two issues. So that's like two and a half years. Yeah. Or depending on if almost they go, three years. If they go back to if they have an event that does goes bi monthly for some reason. Or bi weekly, I mean. So we're looking at at least two years. Yeah. A lot, a lot can happen in two years. You're right. Especially in comics. A lot happens in a weekly in comics, so I think if it's gonna happen, I think it happens before issue two hundred. It might it, I don't know, but I think whatever Negan's payoff is going to be, just how it's being slow played, mm-hmm. it's going to be the one of the, the biggest talked about events in comics. I don't doubt that. I just don't think it's going to take 32 issues to get to it. We shall see. Yes, we will. But, all right. Um, Outcast 28? Yeah, let's do Outcast. Go ahead and do Outcast, Kyle. Shit. Since it's your namesake book. My namesake book. It's a book of four Kyles, by Kyles, about Kyles. So, issue 28, his growing flock. Go- growing flock? Yeah, his growing uh, flock. That's I thought you said, said growing fuck. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Super cool guy. So, what's going on right now is... Everything's kind of in disarray. Everything's, you know, everything that happened with Preacher. He's kind of on the outs. There's a lot going on. He's formed a new congregation in a barn. He's he's formed a new congregation in a barn. What, and right now, Kyle is off. He's trying to put together his righteous army. And Kyle's off right now training with Pops, trying to hone in on his... Uh, his daddy. Daddy. Where's my daddy? His skills. And yeah, so he's, that's what he's doing. He's trying to, to, he's honing in on his skills. His dad's got him fighting people, you know, trying to get him so that it's easier for him to be an outcast instead of it being so much work so that he, you know. And uh, so what happens is, is Kyle actually ends up coming back to, uh, to where the congregation is in the barn. And, you know, Kyle's still a little weary of Preacher. He's not 100% sure out of... After he found him fucking murdering mm-hmm. the devil or what you think is the devil. And he's actually like, you know... You know, Kyle's like, what are you doing? You're drawing attention to ourselves. You know, Preacher's like, drawing attention to ourselves? Is that what you think I'm doing? And he fucking laughs at him. Kyle's kind of taken back. And he's like... He says, you think I don't know what's going on here? Kyle's father's back. You told me about his training. He said, soon we'll have the two of them better than Kyle ever was on his own. So he already knows that the two of them together is going to be... Big things are going to be fucking happening. And then it shows him, you know, the preacher's fucking... He's fucking... Dude, he's like crazy preaching, though. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And he's like fucking. He's ripping his shirt off. He's showing his pentagram off, and he's fucking. Yeah, he's he's going to full on like crazy. Yeah, Westboro Baptist he's Church. Like, he's like the darkness I have faced head on. That's marked me. It's here and it's real. He says we do not fear it. We do not pretend it's not there. We prepare. We strengthen ourselves with the Lord, with the word of our Lord and Savior. For soon, we will face this darkness in battle. So it's like he knows, like he's. He's almost like a. I, I, it, make, it almost reminds me of like the, the total crazy right wing. Yeah, like Westboro Baptist Church. Yes, that's 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 like the vibe I'm getting from it. And then he, he's talking to Kyle again, and he's like, and he's Kyle's like, you think this is safe preaching in a barn? You know, like this is. He says, you know, and preachers like safety in numbers, right? You know, he's get he's getting more and more people every week. He said, we're vetting them all to someone to make sure that there aren't any snakes in our midst. He's like, you need to stop this. And, you know, just, and, the, and Kyle's trying to explain to him that this isn't, this isn't good versus evil. This isn't, this isn't what it is. This isn't demons. This isn't the devil. This isn't God. This, right. is, this is shit from another dimension in another universe right. that's, that's coming through, and that's what this is. And he's like, no, Kyle, you don't understand. That's how he's, in, you know, that, that's how preachers, preachers interpreting it as good versus evil, right. demons, you know, shit coming up from hell. And Kyle's trying to tell him, this is not what you think it is. You know what I mean? And that's, and they, it's pretty much, you know, and he's pretty much like, you say negative energy, entity, what I hear is demon. He says, you know, Kyle, that makes you an angel. And fucking Kyle's just like, fuck, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he leaves and he walks off. And his sister shows up. And he's like, I'm sorry, Kyle, but it's just not safe for us there anymore. And she's, you know, and his, his kid is with his sister. And so something's about to pop off. Yeah, because, well, their sister shows up because she's confronted by a group of yeah. the demons at their house. Actually skipped that and part. her husband can't do anything about it because she was possessed and kicked him out the fucking window. So now his back's broken and he's in a wheelchair. So he can't do anything about it. So they're they're like, we'll find him. You know, we're going to keep hunting him. So she comes to Kyle for safety because they have now infiltrated her house and confronted her. And Kyle's turning in her badass. living In her living room. Yeah, he's growing a beard. Right? Everybody with a beard is a badass like Lance. He's, he is growing. No, Lance shaved his beard That's off. Right. No take it back. He's not a badass anymore. No. Nope, nope. All right. Would you give that one? Um, I gave it a six five. Honestly, that was a little slow. It was a little slow. Didn't really move a lot. I I found myself midway through not really caring. I, I contemplated not even finish reading it and just skipping to the, to the end. <laughs> but I I powered through it. But it wasn't. I think it's, it's setting up what's going on. I think putting Outcast and Walking Dead on the same day kind of hurts Outcast. It kind of hurts that book. Yeah. I could see that. And especially, like, this week. Like, I, I, Outcast was one of the last books I read. So I had already read, like, six other books. And by the time I got to Outcast, I was like, I just don't really care. You know? Yeah. And you had, you had so many good books this week between Iceman and Spider-Man and, you know... Um, Reborn, Batman. Well, yeah, Reborn, Batman... You just had so many good books there. It, it just, it kind of, excuse me for yelling. It kind of like messed with the flow of things, and it just wasn't 
that strong of an issue this week. I feel like ever since the reveal of what is possessing all these people and what Kyle is, it's been kind of like slow going. And they're slow. It, it, Robert Kirkman's kind of slow playing it in in that That's book. What he now. always does though. It's I his know. thing. But it, he doesn't leave you in like he didn't really leave you in like that giant Robert Kirkman esque cliffhanger. You know, it was okay. His sister showed up, so you know something's going on. But it's not like holy shit! I got to read the next issue. You know. Yeah. Um. Reborn number six. This is the final issue of the series from Mark Millar and Greg Capullo and um, Galapian. Galapian. I. It says end of volume one, so it makes me think that we're going to get a volume two at some point. But who knows when? What did you think of Reborn? Uh, I thought this issue it was it's long. I thought it was kind of rushed. I did too, ex- very much so. I thought it was especially uh, for an oversized issue. I thought yeah, it was very rushed. I, it, it probably should have been at least two more issues. The battle. I felt like the battle between her and the demon was short-lived and it was kind of pointless and wasn't really worth it. I thought in the end the the, the lead up wasn't as what it wasn't worth the payoff. Yeah. But that's and it seemed like it it, it, it had driven from what it cuz in the beginning she she died. The 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 chicken this died. And now what they actually did was they backplayed it to where she was on life support from having the stroke. Yeah. So what she had to do was, and I, I, I didn't like that they had her die and then kind of not die. And come back. I didn't, I didn't really like that. I, I didn't really care for that part. I thought they should have just kept her dead and there should have been another reason why she was having a hard time, uh, harnessing her power and it was coming and going. Well, I mean, it explains that why it was coming and going because she was slipping in and out of, of death. Like, yeah. I understand but they, but they made it real clear in the beginning that she died. In the first issue they've made it they made it clear that she died. Yeah, I'd have to go back and reread the first issue. I don't remember I I mean that's what I thought too. But I haven't read the first issue since it came out. But I thought this book handled the whole um aspect of life and death and afterlife and religion and, and all that really, really well. It kinda gave you a look in at a religious aspect without being all God and the devil and Bible thumping and, and everything like that. Like, that, you know, that you go somewhere else and there's still good yeah. and evil, but it's, it's after this life, you get another life. Like depending on who you were in this life depicts what you become in the next life. Yeah. And I, I really like that concept. And I think that concept was way better done than, you know, what you get thumped on in, in Sunday school or this should have been, this this should have been twelve. I think it should have been at, at least two more issues. But I actually think twelve would have been better. Maybe even ten. Maybe four more issues. Like I understand why. So, but I mean, they make it make you understand why she can't harness her full power because she's slipping in and out of this coma and she's having strokes and and like that. And like Kyle said, at one point she's she not wakes in up. Coma. She's in. She's on life support. Well, at one point she wakes up and she's just like, I want to die, because. I believe they say she's in a coma in the book. Um, she's she came out of her coma in the book, um, but regardless, um, she she keeps waking up and dying again. Um, and she's like, "I want to be. I'm ready to die. Like I'm ready to go." 
And yeah, right here. She opened her eyes. Seriously, she looked right at us. Uh, she looked right at me. Is she waking up from her oh, coma? Yeah. Um, and the doc, like the doctor, saying that there's nothing there. Like she, it just could be a reaction that from the stroke and that she's dying and like that she's fighting the demon and the demon's getting the better of her. And it turns out that the demon is who shot her. He's responsible for her husband's death. Yep. And he shot a bunch of people on the the rooftops and became this this bad messiah in the the other world and she was the personal legend she came along and and pretty much he was killing her like he was she was drowning her in a pool of fresh blood and um it what the reason she couldn't have her power is because she kept waking up from her coma and then she finally wakes up and she's like i want to die i want to go i want to be on the other side and uh she's like she finally lets go and she's like, I want to be with my dad. She finally lets go. When she dies, it shows her shooting up, like, back through the, the white light you see back into her other side of body, and she comes out of the water, and her dad throws her the sword, and he, she grabs it and kind of slices him in half, killing him. And that's where it kind of ends. She rescues her husband, and her friend that was the fairy came to help her and was killed. And, like, mm-hmm. she's like, hopefully my actions here benefit me in the next life and you see her like with his hu- with her husband again and and kind of like that flashback and uh you know she lets her um the main woman lets her husband go back to his family that he's met the fucking bruce wayne look alike go wayne back to his family in this in this realm and she kind of takes her rightful place as the queen and the the ruler of of this world and that's where um book one ends with her draped in her royal garb and her dog is now in in armor and shit and as her her daughter and granddaughter are crying about it but i'm really looking forward i hope we get more but like kyle said it um book one so the trade is going to be on sale in august so if you haven't checked this book out yet i'd say definitely wait for the trade and give it a read it was it's a good i think it's a fantastic representation of good versus evil heaven and hell what happens to you after you die without well, it's not being really super... heaven and hell? There's no heaven well, and hell. There's, no, but there's it's one. It's there's they're going to like another planet. It's, it's well, it's there. There's no heaven and hell. You're getting a new life. So what I mean by heaven and hell is, however you were and the type of person you were in this life dictates whether what you're going to be in the next life. Well, that doesn't mean heaven and hell. So like he was well. He the the demon guy was a murderer in this life. He was a, he killed he her husband. Hell. And, he was just an but evil he person became in this an, one. an evil demon in this one. So that's not hell. You wouldn't consider a demon being a hell. No. Don't you, don't don't people who believe in hell consider it a place? Well, like heaven. Do you do you, do you consider it a good person? That's, or do you consider that's a whole a different place? that's a whole different discussion that. <laughs> I don't want to get into, but you consider a demon hell. Well, I, you when you represent a demon, you associate it with hell. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you don't. If you were to see a demon, you would. You don't. You don't associate don't demons, demons with hell. Well, okay, <laughs> but you don't associate <laughs> demons with hell. Well, you associate, but that doesn't. That's, mean, what, that's, that's not what I mean. And hell. When I say heaven and hell, I mean you. Asso- I'm associating the the demon aspect of it with hell, but it's whatever. Super cool. Yeah. Okay, it's a good representation of life after death and what happens, and the person you are in this life becomes who you are in the next. So, I really liked it. I've I got to give this issue honestly. the The whole run, 
I give a nine. Yeah, it was a good story. This particular issue, I have to give a seven five. Just because it was rushed. It was rushed. And the battle was anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Like, he killed her only to show that she was coming in and out of a coma. And from her strokes, and that it explained why she couldn't get a grasp on her power. But I felt like her coming back like that and just Jose killing him. when he was having his strokes in and out. And maybe. Maybe he had long hair and fucking, he was like six feet tall and Six shit. feet tall and just fucking ripped <laughs> instead of a short little fat Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> he had long, glowing blonde yeah. hair and a big ass fucking beard. With a fucking six pack. Yeah, chimichanga utility belt. <laughs> he had a fucking twelve pack. <laughs> six. Fuck that. He had a twelve pack. Yeah, fuck twelve pack. But um, muscles on top of muscles. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it, thought, it was just like you said, rushed. I thought it was rushed, especially the the battle. Yeah. Like once they finally got the battle, it was one sword swipe and it was done. Like I mean, it should have. Should have been a little bit more back and forth than there was. Hopefully we get more in book two or volume two, whatever you're going to go with. But it, it left me wanting, it left me wanting more. It wasn't, I, I didn't feel like it was a satisfying ending to this, this run. But because like, you, like we both said, it was super, super rushed. Yeah. But it was but, good. Yeah. Overall, it was good. Oh, yeah. it's fucking cool. I wish that was real. What? It's the Amazing Spider-Man 300 Club, and someone got a card. Oh, nice. That fucking, that's cool. But that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. That's it for comic book reviews also. Um, if you liked our show and you like what we do uh, and you want to support us, you can do so via Patreon. We do appreciate it. We do have some uh, some goodies you can get there. If you guys want t-shirts, we're going to start opening up sales of t-shirts Let again. Let us know if you guys really want t-shirts before we... Yeah, the problem with the t-shirts, guys, is that we have to do a made-to-order. We we haven't found a company that... Or we don't have the sales to sustain a partnership with a company to... We don't want to make 600 shirts. Right, and sit <laughs> on them. So shirts are made-to-order. If you want an Absolute Geek shirt, let us know. Right now we have that that one design that you've you've seen on our Facebook. And get, I think if we get enough people asking you about it, maybe we'll shoot out some designs. Yeah, and we'll some of the shit that we've been floating around forever. Maybe we could make a new shirt. Yeah, I mean, Patreon money would go to like helping us pay for a graphic designer to make better shirts for you guys, or revamp what? the website, or what? stuff like that. So that's a lot. Of what we we were using the Patreon money before to get furniture for the studio and kind of help us as far as the podcast goes but we're in a good place so now we're trying to use it to broaden things for you guys like we've talked about we looked at making action figures of us like it'd be funny to have like a little matt action figure with a command center or fucking a little kyle action figure or with bobblehead the, with a crown royal yeah and a, and a red bull crown and red bull and have a little jose chimichanga where he he comes with a chonga or chimichanga, and I think it'd be better if he was in like a hospital. <laughs> no, he's gonna have stroke. He's gonna have super stroke vibrating action. <laughs> um, but we've talked about stupid shit like that, and like just fun stuff, like when we're at conventions and we meet you guys that we can give out or shirt designs and stuff like that, because that that shit isn't free. We have yet to find anyone willing to work for free. I've asked and I've been laughed at. So, <laughs> um, if you guys like, you said shirts, let us know. We we can get you shirts, tank tops sweatshirts i mean we can put our logos pretty much in everything we have someone locally that'll do it it's just it's gonna be made to order as far as shirts go 
um, to let us know. Yeah, definitely. If you like our show, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or whatever podcasting application you have found us on. We we do appreciate every person that listens to us and each and every one of you that interact with us. But that'll be it for this show. So until next time, I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And have a great weekend, everyone. Keep your comics back and boarded. Yeah, remember to support your local comic shop. And have a great weekend. <laughs>